This is an ABC podcast. All right, just one more scroll, one more scroll, then I'm done. Where's that? That looks nice. Whoa, that is a sick villa. Oh, wow, you get your own infinity pool? Oh, right on the beach. That's got to be in the Maldives or somewhere. What? Arnold Queensland? Link in bio? You bet your bottom dollar, Zuckerberg, am I clicking on that? Okay, let's see if they've got room on my dates. Seven nights. Superior ocean view or mountain view? Ocean view for sure. King bed? Woohoo! Okay, let's hit the checkout button. What the freaking hell? $700 a night? But, but I kind of do deserve a bit of luxury. Nazim, what are you doing? Put the phone down. $700 a night? Are you crazy? Idiot, I raised you better than that. Just go camping. Here, take a pillow and a blanket. Go find a park. It's free. Look at the stars. Not a five-star hotel. Million-star hotel. I'm Nazim Hussain, and uh, I've had a big year. I I reckon I need a little treat with my own infinity pool villa. What should I do? This is Frugal by The Pineapple Project, and we've been on a mission to make you rich. Or richer by spending less and giving us a better life at the same time. And being frugal doesn't mean you can't have holidays, but hopefully you can have them without the debt hangover afterwards. You might know that I spent my previous ABC comedy podcast, Burn Your Passport, convincing you that travel sucks. Well, let's not joke around. Going on holidays is mostly awesome. And it's something most of us look forward to all year. We work, we save for a holiday, we go on holidays and then repeat until we die. But maybe that's the problem. We get in a cycle where we spend too much on our holidays on top of all the other stuff we spend too much money on and then we need to work even harder and longer to pay for those little moments of fun and rest. And how's this? The credit bureau Experian found that just over one in seven Australians reach their credit card limit during the holiday. And the majority of us get into some kind of credit card debt when paying for our little vacations. Yikes. So it's pretty clear a lot of us spend a lot of money we don't have when we get into holiday mode. Oh, actually, the last time I went overseas, I'd spent a lot of money, like, yeah. A lot. I'm the same. I sort of, I like, I'm on holiday, so I go out to yeah. eat all the time. I'll buy stuff and like, whatever. When I went to America, I spent like $800 on makeup. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Like, like budgeted for that, but. Well, yeah. Yeah, so you budgeted for the makeup before you left? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so you had so $800. I, budge, I budget while I'm here, and yeah. then I just spend it all when I'm and, there. And you stuck to your budget? Probably went a little bit over. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever gone overseas or on a holiday and just found yourself spending heaps of cash? I think I generally end up spending a little more than what I budget for, so I don't know why I end up budgeting. Um, <laughs> you think, oh, I'm overseas, I just might as well. Like, why should I... You're never going to come back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And you're probably never going to come back because you can't afford to. <laughs> yeah, no, because I've spent all my money. You know, if I come across a nice bag or something that I like, I would probably spend over there because then I have the memories to go along with the bag or the item that I buy. That's a good justification. It is. You're buying the memories. <laughs> exactly right. I tell my partner that every day. <laughs> so today on The Pineapple Project, we want to find ways to save you and me money on holidays so we can have more of them or more time to do what we want outside of work. 
Ben Groundwater is a long-time travel writer at traveller.com.au and also the host of the podcast Flight of Fancy. He writes under the tag The Backpacker. Ben says planning and research can help you work out a budget before you go away and even then you should factor in blowouts. There's this old traveller saying that you should take all of the clothes that you think you need and half that and then take all the money that you think you need and double that um, <laughs> because you need far more money than you, than you think you're going to, basically. Um, you know, you can, you can do all the preparation and all the budgeting beforehand that you want to, but when you actually get to these places, there's so much more that you want to do. There's so many things that you discover when you're out there, so many activities, so many different, you know, you, you go to a different restaurant, you meet some people who are going to a bar, you end up spending a whole lot of money at that bar that you hadn't planned to. Um, this is what travel is all about. It's, it's super cool, but it is really bad for your budget. Um, so I think part of it is just knowing that you're going to spend much, much more than you think you are. So overestimate your travel expenses and you'll have a relaxing, uh, stress-free trip. Ideally, or, or you know, get yourself in a mindset where you accept that the, the amount that you've got and, and that there are certain things that are out of your reach, which is totally fine. That's, that's the way travel is. So there's always something that's out of our reach. Um, and to just go and do the things that you plan to do and, and that you can afford to do and, and have fun with that. If you're traveling with a group of friends, uh, do you think it's important to outline a budget per person or how do you budget that trip? It's really difficult. It's really awkward as well. You know, you have to talk to your friends about how we don't, we don't like talking about money um, between friends. It's, it's a tough thing, but it's also really important. This is one of the ways that your budget can, can blow out when you're traveling. Um, it's just trying to keep up with friends who've got more money to spend. You know, you want to do the activities that they're doing. You want to eat at the restaurants that they're eating at. Um, that's really difficult. And, and so the only way to avoid that basically is to talk to people about how much money you have to spend, how much money you want to spend. Again, this comes down to planning as well. If, if you can suggest some activities and, and some restaurants or some, uh, some accommodation that fit within your budget, that's kind of a way of driving things without having to, to have too much of an awkward conversation and feel like you're holding people back. When I go to a place, I'll often Google um, the top 10 things to do or I'll discover lists of must-see, must-do, must-eat things and places and, and I'll feel the pressure to just do all of them. Uh, otherwise, I haven't really done that place properly. Um, is this a common problem? Yeah, it is. I don't know that it's necessarily a problem always. I mean, at least you're, you're doing that research to know what are the good things. I, I think the trick is to try to find that balance between ticking off some of those things um, and and also leaving time for, for spontaneity for things to just happen. And another, another thing to consider as well is what you're actually into. You know, a, a lot of those, I always think about the old guidebooks that used to have, you know, their, their classic city attractions that they would list with things like art galleries and museums and stuff. Those are those are the things that you're supposed to be interested in, that you're supposed to love, your churches, temples. Um, and, and it took me a long time to realize that that I don't actually like a lot of those places. They, I find them kind of boring. I'm, you know, this is just me. I'm much more interested in sitting in a cafe for two or three hours and just looking out at the street and drinking a coffee or, or a beer or something. The key is not to get sucked into this idea of what you're supposed to do when you're traveling and think more about what you actually enjoy. Yeah. Well, I remember my last um, holiday was about a year and a half ago. I had two weeks and I felt such pressure, like in the lead up to the, the two weeks, I did all the research. I, I wanted to fit everything in, make it the perfect holiday, relax me, but also have a mix of adventures and um, see places that were historic and meet other people. Do for, like It was stressful. Do you think there's this pressure generally for people to have the perfect holiday? 
Look, I think there is, yeah, for sure. Particularly now in in the sort of social media age, there's a there's pressure to to get those amazing photos to show people that you're having an amazing time. Ah, yeah. There's already enough pressure with holidays to have everything live up to your expectations and not get robbed or come home in a stretcher. But now you also have to post the perfect photos that make your friends jealous and think you're so much cooler and worldlier than them. Yep, I can relate. I remember taking a photo sitting on the edge of a cliff in Turkey. I mean, it was stupid. Uh, It was risky, narcissistic, and I only got 30 likes. So now let's meet Louise. She wrote into the first season of Pineapple Project with a pledge to finally destroy her debt from travelling. I learned the hard way to, like, budget and... Um, live my life a lot more frugally, but I'm still paying for my 20s in a way. Paying for her 20s. That's when Louise got her first credit card, in theory, for emergencies, but she started relying on it to pay for all of her trips overseas. You see, Louise was hit by the travel bug pretty seriously. In the space of a few years, she got her passport stamped in Germany, Singapore, Czech Republic, Austria, Italy, Spain, Thailand, Peru, Chile, Easter Island and more. But it wasn't five-star travel that caused Louise's debt downfall. It was archaeological digs. You heard me. Louise's holidays were spent doing volunteer work with archaeologists. She not only gave away her labour for free, she actually had to pay them for the pleasure of getting covered in sweat and dirt and probably human remains, like Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's archaeology, right? That doesn't sound particularly relaxing, does it? It, it's it's not, but that's sort of the way that I roll. Like, I'm not a resort person. <laughs> like, I do sort of explore cities while I'm in them, but I really like going to places where I can challenge myself. And I also like learning languages. So if I can, like, dump myself in a remote place and somehow get out using my, like, meagre language skills, then I've won. But you also challenged your credit limit. Yes, exactly. You maxed out your credit card. Exactly. How? Um, so this happened after there was an archaeology trip that I had paid up and saved for, which was in Menorca. Uh, two months after I arrived back from that, I immediately went off to Thailand and did another one. So then you're just like, I'm already into debt. I might as well just keep descending further. <laughs> yes. How did you <laughs> dig your way out of that? Um, I'm still digging my way out of that. <laughs> um, yeah, to be honest, like, uh, because I'd made other credit mistakes, like I probably like the, um, the travel was the largest chunk of it. But yeah, it was more of a case of like, I didn't have good saving or spending habits at the time. I don't, I don't regret it, but I do regret the fact that I'm still currently trying to pay off that. Like I've, I've gotten pretty close. Right. So, so you're still paying off, you're paying off the Thailand slash Spain trip? Yes. What? But it, 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 Can I ask how much? How much was the debt that you got yourself into? Uh, for that altogether was probably about 11000 But having said that, like, that's also snowballing to a whole bunch of other debt that there was. Oh, is it because of then, because the interest rates? Yeah, the interest compounded rates. Compounded that? Yeah, it was like, hey, this is like 3 3 or 4% as a person loan. Surprise! Now it's like 25. Like, ooh, okay, oh, wow. I should have paid that off sooner. Like, how much debt was that actually? Um, so the actual debt was about 16000 I'm chipping away at that. I've got about 2000 left on that. Can I ask... When when you travel, do you uh, spend lots of money on gifts or souvenirs? I do. Uh, well, I don't anymore, but somehow I picked up in my, like, just growing up is that when you go on a trip, you buy a little gift for everyone that's close to you. And when you have, like, a supposedly wide social network, you buy something for everyone that's You're close like to me. you. You're like me. I seriously, I yeah. it kind of stresses me out because I'm like, 
okay, I, have, I bought for my mum, my stepdad, I've got to buy for both my sisters and my niece, my nephew. Like, yeah, exactly. It starts to, I spent a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of luggage space. Yes, yes. With gifts. On the trip that I did to Germany, I ended up like sending back boxes of stuff that I'd bought for other people. And international postage is a lot. And when it's gifts for other people, that was like also an additional expense. That probably ended up costing like about $600 just sending, sending stuff back. I'm guilty of this. Every time I go away, I always feel this massive burden to buy each and every member of my family a gift. Something significant, meaningful, and always really expensive. And then I give it to them, and they're like, yeah, thanks. All this season, we've been getting advice from frugal expert Dave Gow. He found ways to save more than half his average Australian wage and has now basically retired in his 30s. He still gets to go on holidays and do heaps of other fun stuff. Dave also has a blog and a podcast about saving and spending money. It's called Strong Money Australia. Travel can be one of these areas where we end up spending an absolute fortune. I mean, I know people who are pretty good at saving. They'll save maybe $15,000, $20,000 over the course of a year, but then they'll spend it on a big holiday. I mean, it works for them. They enjoy doing that, but that's a, that's a lot. I mean, that's the thing. You spend 11 months at work for, and you might be, you know, not all that happy at work and looking for your one month of happiness of when you're on holidays. So it can be a bit of an escape for people. Whereas if you save, if you, if you save that cost, you might be able to retire early like you. That's true. But also, I mean, you can still have different sorts of holidays. So if you want to travel internationally, you could travel internationally one year and then locally the next year. And then the next time you just use your annual leave to have a bunch of time off scattered all throughout the year because everyone's always saying that they don't have enough time for, to do anything. So how about we use some of our annual leave to have some more, a bit more freedom right now, like more long weekends and stuff like that. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't enjoy that? You rotate between those different options. The cost falls a lot and you get the benefits of each of those things without actually missing out on anything. You've just changed my mindset on a lot of things. And uh, I'm going to go stare at a wall and think about my life decisions and how, <laughs> how I ended up where I am. So what about Louise, who's still paying off a huge travel debt from her 20s? How has that changed her attitude to travelling? It's more of a case of reassessing what it, what it means to have that experience. Mm. And, like, when my partner and I do sort of, like trips and things like that, we sort of assess like what is an endo adventure and what is an exo adventure. So like what can be done within Melbourne that adds to this, oh, this experience. That's an endo experience. Yeah, that's that that's the endo experience. And the exo experience is what can be done outside the borders of Melbourne mm. where we can also have that experience. So basically, so so when you want to do an ex- have an experience with your partner, yep. you first ask yourselves, can we actually have this experience or get what we want out of this locally without spending on the travel? Yeah. Yeah. And so and often what's the answer? The answer is yes. Really? Like, if you are curious and you like to explore things and you like to try and have new experiences, you can easily do that by just going to a place that you hadn't been before so or just, looking up and looking down and just noticing things. Right. So kind of treating where you live like a tourist would if they were visiting. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, yeah. right. That's pretty – I mean, so you wouldn't have had this appreciation for your local town or your local city if you hadn't gotten yourself into that trouble. Yeah, in your twenties. Yeah. So okay, I've never really thought of that because I often think, oh, I've got a, uh, I can go away, and I'll think I'll look for some cheap flights. 
But even cheap flights are hundreds of dollars. Yeah. You could use that money to enjoy your your local vicinity. Yeah, yeah. Or n- not even use all that money to enjoy local vicinity. Like there's you little, just save it. Yeah, you can, you can save it to have that bigger trip later while still having all those little enjoyable experiences and explorations right in your backyard. So if you're planning your next trip, travel writer and host Ben Groundwater has given us some tips to make sure you don't pay for it for years to come. One, if you're flying on your holiday, see if you can go on weekdays and depart early or late. It's usually cheaper. Two, don't feel like you have to stay in snazzy, expensive hotels. You could camp or stay in a caravan or backpacker hostels often have private rooms and you can use their kitchen to make your meals. Three, don't be afraid of eating cheap local street food. It's delicious. Just make sure it's being cooked on the spot. Four, don't buy fancy travel clothes or accessories, especially at the airport. And five, if you love going overseas, Dave Gow's tip is cutting back how often you do it. He alternates one holiday overseas, one close to home, and even at home, a staycation. Which brings me to the last tip, and Louise. She reckons we don't find enough fun and adventure in our own backyard. So why not be a tourist in your own city or region and plan a holiday or lots of little trips, doing all the things you've never done? Well, that's the end of the episode and the end of the series. Hope you've enjoyed yourself as much as I have. I've had a blast and I've really enjoyed hearing from you. And perhaps like me, it's made you take a long, hard look at what we spend on and why. The whole aim of this season has been to give you ideas and tips for how to cut back the spending roller coaster many of us find ourselves riding on. For me personally, this series has taught me that I spend money needlessly when I'm bored. And just stopping and thinking about that has made me cut back on my spending, save a lot of money, and I think feel a little happier and less guilty each morning. Thank you, Pineapple Project. So make sure you tell your friends about the show. If you've gained anything, share it with a loved one. And if you haven't listened to all the episodes, you can always go back and listen to the ones that you've missed. Or if you have a favourite, you can just go back and listen to it over and over, like a favourite song, and then see me on the street and recite it to me word for word. And for that matter, check out the very first season of The Pineapple Project, which is all about getting your finances in order. We hope that this podcast has made you a little bit richer, or at the very least, you're now feeling a little bit guilty every time you spend needlessly. But hey, if you're thinking about your spending, you're now on the path to breaking free of the earn money, spend money rat race many of us have found ourselves in. The Pineapple Project is made by ABC Audio Studios. Producer Joe Lauder, Supervising producer Kyla Slavin and executive producer Tom Wright. Our sound designer and engineer is Matthew Crawford. And I'm Nazim Hussain. All right, that's it from me. See you in the supermarket aisle as we fight over who gets that very last bag of cheap frozen edamame. But if I'm there, you're going to lose. Hey everyone, Miff and Zan here, hosts of the Bang On podcast. Bang On is your one-stop shop for all the conversations you need to be across this week but don't have time to read the think pieces for. So many think pieces. We are the (laughs) cheat's guide to the think pieces. We also love to bang on about TV shows, books, movies and even fashion. We want to take being across news and pop culture off your mental to-do list and turn it into just a fun hangout with mates. Come and join the Bang Fam. We're on the ABC Listen app or follow us wherever you get your podcasts.